on. I'm on three seats. Look, there goes the game. You're listening to a summer edition of Ithaca Now. WICB's weekly news program focused on stories in the Ithaca community. I'm your host, Jay Bradley, and thanks for joining us. Tonight will be the last of our summer editions, and throughout, we'll be taking a look at what students will be coming back to in the fall and reflecting on this summer. But up first, correspondent Skylar Eagle takes us to the Commons to hear the struggles that some small businesses are facing in the light of the pandemic and what could help them. In the midst of the coronavirus pandemic, small businesses across the country are finding new ways to adapt to a new normal. Sunny Days of Ithaca is a small gift shop located on the Ithaca Commons that is helping redefine what it means to be a small business during the pandemic. At the beginning of the pandemic's reach into the United States, there was only one option. So, you know, we just shut down because that's what you had to do. For a smaller business, shutting down wasn't so easy. That was Deirdre Kurzweil. She's the owner of Sunny Days of Ithaca, which is currently staffed by her husband and son. When in-person shopping was banned, they found new ways to adapt. We already had a website developed with a lot of our products on it, but if you've ever been in our store, you know that there's a ton of products and it would it would be impossible to put everything on there so we started just focusing and putting more and more and more on there and and then people started doing puzzles and so we sold tons and tons of puzzles and that's sort of what kept us afloat during that time online shopping experienced a drastic boom over the course of multiple statewide lockdowns and uncertainty over the pandemic Americans are buying more than just hand sanitizer, masks, and disinfectant wipes. E-commerce spending in the United States is up more than 30% compared to the same period last year. People are spending more money on entertainment items to keep themselves occupied in quarantine. In that month or two, we did more business online than we did for the entire year previously. But reopening presented new obstacles as people began shopping in person at a chain store like Target or Walmart. And sunny days was no exception. It was a noticeable jump. Um, As soon as we were able to open the door again, though, it just dropped off. Ithaca was in a unique position over the course of New York's reopening plan. College students had been sent home, and the community took the coronavirus more seriously than most major cities and some states. Numbers have remained consistently low compared to other regions in New York. Tompkins County resides in the Southern Tier Economic Region and was one of the first regions in New York to be able to begin Phase 1 of reopening on May 15th. Sunny Days took extra caution. We didn't want to be the forefront of moving forward. Um, So we basically stayed one um, period behind or whatever, you know, there was number one, number two, three, four. So we stayed one behind, like we waited for the first thing to happen and then the two weeks passed and then the second phase. So we would do phase one stuff when phase two was open. Sunny Days officially reopened on June 12th. And when you walk in, the store looks a little different. We redesigned the entire store so that when we would be comfortable letting more than one group in, there wouldn't be any chance of them crossing paths. We basically made a circle instead of just a mishmash of everything everywhere like it had been, we made a circle. And um, so you can come in with arrows and then just make a circular path. And then once we were comfortable letting in a second group, then everybody 
everybody would be on their own path. Despite being fully reopened, like many small businesses, Sunny Days is not immune to financial struggle. We were very stressed about the finances in the beginning. We didn't, our landlord wasn't able to accommodate even any late payments. So we just stayed, you know, stayed on top of it the best that we could. Um, and we applied for all the loans. We couldn't do the PPP because we didn't have payroll, but we did um, what they call the EIDL, the EIDL loan. And so that money is in my account and that's what's keeping us solvent right now. Um, but it's a big giant loan for 30 years. So, you know, that's hanging over my head now, but it allows me to be less stressed about if we get shut down before Christmas. Christmas is Sunny Day's best season. Students looking for quirky gifts for their friends and families and local residents looking to share a little piece of home during the holiday season make up a majority of the store's yearly revenue. Christmas, the month of December, represent, like actually two weeks before Christmas, represents like 20% of my sales for the whole year. Winter brings a whole new set of challenges concerning the pandemic. Repeated concerns of a second wave of COVID-19 cases combined with flu and cold season and the increase of students from area colleges causes concern for a lot of residents. I do hope that the students will be super careful. I mean, basically our population doubles and when the students come back. So it, it's, it is scary for a lot of people. Um, you know, we're just, we're hoping that people are, take it seriously. And I, I know that's tough for students. The student population has a significant impact on Ithaca's economy. Over the course of a year, Cornell University estimates its students add $221 million into the local economy, just under $5 million a week. City officials took pay cuts at the beginning of the pandemic in order to offset the loss of sales tax revenue, which makes up 20% of the city's total revenue. For students coming back this fall, there is a way to support local businesses like Sunny Days of Ithaca. I hope that people will, if they want the businesses to survive, I hope they'll stop and think about, like everybody, the whole community, that this is the time that we need to, right now, we can't wait till December to do our holiday shopping. If we're inclined to shop for the holidays, then we need to switch our thinking a little bit and, and start doing it now. So I'm working on some promotions. I know that other businesses are doing promotions as well to try to encourage that kind of thinking. Reporting for WICB, I'm Skylar Eagle. You're listening to Ithaca Now on WICB. I'm your host, Jay Bradley. For both the economy of Tompkins County and the experience of students that come here every fall by the thousands, a lot hangs in the balance with how Cornell University and Ithaca College are reopening. Correspondent Himadri Seth took a look at the plans, as well as what some students think about what's coming up. With the fall semester approaching, the question that's probably been bothering everyone in the Ithaca community to some extent is, what's college going to look like for the next couple months? What percentage of the student body is going to be around and for how long? What's the social scene going to be like? Are we going to have sports? These are just a few among numerous questions that continue to be in a bit of a gray area in terms of answers. So today I'm going to try my best to give you a brief on what reopening seems to hold for IC and Cornell and what some of their students have to say about it. 
So Cornell has committed to, um, they keep saying they've committed to uh, an in-person year and it is a hybrid model where students are allowed to stay at home and take online classes. Um, students are also allowed to move back into their um, to their off-campus um, residences or also on-campus residence halls and everyone will be tested for COVID and obviously there's going to be restrictions um, throughout the school year and throughout this first fall semester. Um, so far, Cornell has stayed on to that plan. Um, I'm, I am personally also curious, as I'm sure many people are, on how that might change in the next few weeks in regards to you know, the travel advisory ban from New York State and how that's gonna affect a lot of students coming into Cornell. Cornell's reopening plans, as mentioned on their website, also include what's mentioned as robust virus screening to protect public health, which according to them is their priority. Cornell students begin classes as early as September 2nd up until Thanksgiving, post which all classes will be online. According to Cornell President Martha E. Pollock, continuing residential classes alongside robust virus screening and other restrictions would be a better option for protecting the public health of the community than continuing classes that are solely online. Ithaca College has adopted a similar policy of opting for a hybrid learning option giving students the chance to continue some level of hands-on learning while still maintaining restrictions. Spencer Park, a rising sophomore integrated marketing communications major at IC, feels that this is important for students to be able to truly benefit from their learning. He shared his concerns about online classes. Online classes just don't really do it for me. Uh, I feel like I speak for everyone when we kind of just half-ass it and it, it, it's, it's a different atmosphere than being at school and doing your schoolwork there and then, and like you can go to the library. Um, but at home, you're kind of just stuck in like a room and you have to tell everyone to not bother you. Similar to Cornell, Ithaca College has announced numerous measures it will be taking to ensure the safety of students and staff, from mandatory virus screening to crafting a move-in plan that restricts the number of students returning each week. Remote classes have been made possible for all students who feel that returning to campus might be an unnecessary risk to their health. Jack Gherkin, a rising junior a television radio major at Ithaca College, talked to news director Jay Bradley, saying that he supports the college in the decisions that they have made so far. But I've been pretty adamant and uh, vocal with saying, I think the college is doing its best job uh, with what resources they have. And while it's not um, obviously to everyone's liking, you're not going to make everyone happy, but I think they're finding a good middle ground where they're able to find a safe way of entering everyone. He talked about how continuing to have some level of engagement with college sports will also be beneficial. Now winter sports is still uh, in session, but as far as I know, I don't think we're doing competition. Having that social circle is, in of itself is uh, huge, but also the, the mental and physical benefits of being able to keep up with practice and having that routine is really big. Concerns around reopening, however, are still strong within the student body at both colleges. Gherkin went on to share some of his concerns about college sports and the following of restrictions once the semester starts. I don't think there's gonna be lifting. I, it's too volatile of an uh, environment, especially with touching mm -hmm. everything. And while the virus doesn't live for long on surfaces, it's that close proximity. And there's always going to be one, two, three people that are going to 
create that high risk and you multiply that to a, a college campus and people wanting to express their freedoms and turns into this weird anti disestablishmentarian thing by having these big gatherings let's let's take a, a small uh, populace like the the University of Texas in Austin their football team I think went back in June or July um, it's their football team their football team is a massive um, part of that school um, mm-hmm. there's a a whole stadium pretty much like a professional uh, NFL stadium because it's such a big part of that school's culture but yet the team got sick because they were not following protocol and that's a group of maybe 50 people so it's just I want to think better but I'm also going to be realistic in saying I think there's going to be five to ten percent of the population that just will not follow the guidelines the concern surrounding college access to students who are currently in states that are on new york's list of restricted states has continued while cornell has allowed students to come in given that they quarantine off campus ithaca college has not allowed students from these states to return to campus this fall hong talked about concerns students have shared with her um, I, am, I think we are kind of lucky that we had students kind of mobilized to support each other. Um, we have um, the, a branch of the student assembly, which is the office of the student advocate, um, and they created resource spreadsheets where students can kind of get in touch with, with, with one another um, on how they can provide quarantine housing for one another, um, figure out, you know, transportation, um, and how it can really show up and like stand up for like students who are still planning on coming um, to campus in the fall. Um, I think there's of course worries about that on how are students going to like regulate quarantine if they're like just living with another student who signed up to take one of them. Um, but overall, like again, like people have been very supportive of folks who are coming from those out of those other states. Um, but I think there's now even more suspicion and certainty around Cornell's ultimate um, reopening plan if it's going to fail, if it's if they're going to have to um, actually transition us back to a fully online semester within the next couple of weeks. Um, so I think that's making people very hesitant about committing to uh, either attending Cornell at all or going back to Cornell's campus. Um, so people are, I think, thinking even more heavily than before about taking those absences or um, gap years for right now. It's a time when not all questions have answers. And even when they do have answers, we cannot be sure how long those answers are going to apply. Some good news at the end of it all is that while it may not be an option for everyone, many students will still be able to access hands-on learning in whatever limited way they can, with various students from non-restricted states and international students returning for the fall. And hopefully we'll have a vaccine by the end of this year and we can all be ready to cast 2020 away as a distant memory. But until then, take care of yourself and stay safe. Bottom line, the world is changing and all we can really do is adapt. We want to go back to the way things were, but it's never gonna just do that. So so we kind of just got to make the best out of our situation. Go make some money online. Like that's what I plan to do during this year. The social scene might be dead, so might as well get rich. For WICB News, I'm Himadri Seed. You're listening to Ithaca Now on WICB. I'm your host, Jay Bradley. We went home unsuspecting. 
Whispers of disaster yet still on the horizon away from us. Yet most of us knew we were kidding ourselves once we went home. There would be no return to campus life. In a way, there still won't be. Instead, online classes, a summer of setbacks, worry and distancing. For some, a summer of grief. And now, a fall of cautious return. Both Cornell and Ithaca College will be arriving back soon, and with them, uncertainty. And here's my ode to a summer none anticipated as the decades turned. A lot has happened for this station and myself during the pandemic. It's obviously different than a typical summer. Our newscasts are only written once per day, for instance, and if you couldn't tell, pretty much everything is both pre-recorded and done remotely. While reporting on the Ithaca area, we've called and Zoomed people from Florida, Massachusetts, New Jersey, Syracuse, Buffalo, and plenty of other places that our reporters have been staying at. Like me, I'm saying this right now from Endwell, New York, which some of you will know to be near Binghamton. The whole station has been run differently. Some of our very own staff members are working daily in and out of the studio to ensure that we can provide news and entertainment to our listeners at this time. To see some of our behind-the-scenes efforts, go to WICB.org and search WICB Refuses to Hit Pause, as correspondent Vidant Akari checked up on some of our in-person staff. Former news director Bridget Bright did an amazing job figuring out the process for doing this all remotely, wrapping up the semester and then handing the reins off to me after I both interviewed for and received the news director position away from Ithaca, sent home from school. As online classes wrapped up for me, a, a first-time experience in and of itself, I and my fantastic team of reporters decided we needed to keep things going. Ithaca now doesn't normally run through the summer, but we figured that this time in particular was so important to keep coverage going. Between the coronavirus, economic troubles, and the Black Lives Matter protests, the primaries, and the uncertainty of the fall, we've done what we could between summer jobs, internships, caring for family, and other responsibilities so that you could have this show almost every week between on-air and on podcast apps. We knew that this summer in particular was where we needed to use our voices. It all started with the Black Lives Matter special where I spoke to activists from downtown and Cornell and explored what the in-person protests were like. And from there, we just really didn't want it to stop. We got some new people to help out here at WICB News too. Lots of great packages and collaborations came out of new reporters to our station and our friends at ICTV News. I want to especially shout out Erica Liberati for her interview series. Where we take a look at race relations in the Ithaca community and how we can all do better. And her package on the census, which followed up from a piece I did, well, before any of this happened. COVID-19 has made getting a complete and accurate count of the population difficult. Dates have had to be changed, and modes of getting the word out about the census have moved almost completely virtual. Also, Emily Hung and Jordan Broking for their awesome primary run-up coverage. This is ISTV's coverage of the New York State primary. I'm Jordan Broking. And I'm Emily Hung. That aired on this station and had a great video version on the ICTV Facebook channel. When Ithaca College comes back in session, their news updates and other programming can be found on ICTV.org and at Spectrum 16 in the Ithaca area. Be sure to give ICTV News a follow on social media. Our reporters covered so many things. We 
took advantage of our displacement comparing Ithaca to Orlando, Florida with Vedant Akari. Himadri Seth took us through the mental health challenges of the pandemic. What do you think are the major ways in which the pandemic has impacted mental health among people, especially students? Bridget Bright explored the protests of the past. Community organizers have been voicing their concerns with the Ithaca Police Department for years. And Lauren Leone, a fantastic new addition to the station, brought us through Cornell's fossil fuel divestment. Starting last month, the Cornell University Board of Trustees stopped all new investments in fossil fuels following protracted student protests for divestment at the university's Ithaca campus. And what local leaders say about the economy come the fall. With these plans come questions about what the economy in Ithaca and Tompkins County will look like when these schools reopen in the fall. All of our reporting from the past few months, those clips I just played and more, can be found on WICB.org and your favorite podcast apps when you subscribe to Ithaca Now. Our special playlists for Pride Month and Black Lives Matter of both recent and old stories are still up on our SoundCloud and our website, so be sure to check them out. Thank you so much to all the hosts of Ithaca Now over the last few weeks as well. Their voices were nice to hear, having been a while since I've heard them in person. I lovingly remember editing the episode hosted by Tara Lynch and hearing some of the well wishes she left in the recording for me. And thinking about that makes me so excited to hopefully see my fellow reporters again soon. We'll be taking a short break of a few weeks before the fall season starts. In that time, we'll be workshopping, reconnecting with our full staff, and preparing to bring you more Ithaca now as we race towards the impacts of the school year presidential, state, local elections, the future of COVID-19, and more, right from the heart of Tompkins County. As always, send tips, feedback, suggestions, or just say hi by emailing news at wicb.org. Stay tuned for more. But most importantly, thank you for listening. And that's all for this edition of Ithaca Now. You can listen to all of our stories on wicb.org. And if you'd like to listen to past shows, follow WICB on SoundCloud and subscribe to Ithaca Now on your favorite podcast app. Also, subscribe to The Latest to hear our daily newscast every weekday, wherever you listen to podcasts. Just search WICB News Presents. For more updates throughout the week, follow WICB News News on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. This show wouldn't happen without the support from manager of television and radio Jeremy Menard, WICB station manager Sam Ives, programming director Lou Barron, and all of our correspondents that helped throughout the summer. Thank you. All of the music from our show's intro and outro comes from Dr. Dundiff of Louisville, Kentucky. Have any feedback, story ideas, just want to say hi? Feel free to reach out by emailing news at WICB.org. We will be back in a few weeks with our normal schedule of Ithaca Now of Ithaca Now at 7 p.m. on Sundays this fall. I'm Jay Bradley, and thank you for listening to Ithaca Now on WICB.